Welcome to episode six of Overly Dramatic. I wonder if people know this off by heart now. Everyone is a fanatic. Skeletons in the attic. My name is Brent and this is Patrick. Our show is overly dramatic. Our show is overly dramatic. Na 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 yeah. Yeah, people people are saying, you know, it's 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 a bit corny, the song, but it's it's great. Okay, cool. So I'll take it. I'll take it. That's right. Corny and great. You know? Corny and great. All I want. Or corny but great. It's the same thing. Doesn't I matter. The, I want to be the Neil Diamond of uh, obscure podcasters. Right. <laughs> corny and great. <laughs> yeah, what a week, man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I feel like we're fortune tellers or oracles or something. In regards to uh, we, new we measures. like predicted the the name change. Which about the the Redskins? Oh, okay. All these companies stopped doing business with them. Right. Basically, you know, Google said they weren't going to put up their products, and Amazon said they weren't going to sell any of their merchandise, and and. Mm -hmm force them into a, into a name change. So they're, they're officially changing the name. And we talked about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, somebody mentioned that on, on social media and I'm kind of partial to the gridlocks. I like that. Cause you know, it's Washington. Right? Yeah. So it's also grid. It's got like a football thing and gridlock has got like a political thing. So I thought yeah. the Washington gridlocks. Right. Yeah. It was funny in my head. Well, somebody said somebody said the DC Redskins. <laughs> just like <laughs> let's just change it. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's stupid, but yeah. And then we were, we were talking about the the beef fund, you know, the Black Enhancement yeah. and Empowerment Fund, and and right. I think maybe we had some some listeners from North Carolina because their their politicians are are uh, making making a, a change where they're offering. Uh, residents there, African American residents, potentially some reparations. We're talking about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I read about that. That's interesting. Reparations in, um, like, uh, that's money, money for slavery. Money for slavery. Yeah. It's for free. <laughs> I want my jug me. Well, yeah. it's like, so I get it, but it's such a slippery slope because. Now, uh, now that the now that it's it's been opened, now that it's been established, I have no problem. I have no problem giving people that have been marginalized a hand up. You know, I have okay. no problem equalizing it. You know me. I mean, I don't. I like equality. I don't like revenge. Yeah. Know? But now, now that that's been opened up, obviously the the First Nations people they're just as deserving. Yeah. Um, you know, people who, and then we're gonna get grievance after grievance. So. I don't know. So the, is this state by state? Yeah, they're kind of looking state by state since since the the federal government won't do it. So okay, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think it's a start. It's okay to start somewhere. Well, you have to do something. Yeah. Like it can't it can't just be the status quo of like boiling tensions and hatred and stuff like yeah. that. So any kind, of, any kind of gesture. Yeah. Yeah. 
We got a message from a fan who was talking about, because remember we were talking about like Toronto hosting the cup and we just sort of assumed it was just Toronto who was going to host the cup. Right. My uh, friend of mine, uh, Nick, he sent a message just saying, actually, it looks more like Edmonton's going to be hosting the cup. Okay. Isn't that the most Torontonian thing that a Torontonian would do? (laughs) We just sort of ignore... The fact that it's it's these, yeah. there are these two cities. Obviously, it's going to be hosted in Toronto. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's that's pretty funny. It's kind of like people around Canada that, that call us the like the center of the universe because we right. Yeah. But we actually we don't, I remember once I was playing golf in Alberta with a friend, and he was like, "Ah, so what do you uh, what do you got? You know, what's Toronto think of of Edmonton?" I'm like, "I don't like." <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be the center of the universe. I just don't just, really care. I don't, I, yeah, I don't have any thoughts in Edmonton whatsoever, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure well, it's a Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to make our Edmontonian uh, listeners really happy about that one. So anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a few fan messages. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Brent. He's the best. Really? There you go. Huh. That's I, one. I, that's fake. That's like hacking. <laughs> if I've ever heard fake news in my life, it's that. First of all, someone likes me. He's the best. I can think of like eight things wrong with that sentence. <laughs> and then, okay, another fake one. I love Patrick. He looks like a poor man's Will Smith. <laughs> there you go. Uh, was that one of your that one was from Nikki161-6933. Yeah, fake. Okay. Wow. You know, I like how you just doxed somebody. Yeah. Just what's Nick, what's Nikki nine six one six five three three? What's her address? <laughs> I like you know, this one time I actually I like got I actually somebody actually sort of tried to roast me at a at a stand up show once, and then the next guy who came on he was like uh, he's probably in his twenties like early twenties. Right. He goes, oh, people call you poor man's Will Smith, or people call me poor man's Morgan Freeman, which means <laughs> which means I look like forty. <laughs> He's a young guy. Wow, <laughs> this is fun. Well, it's uh, that's always one of those things because not all people of a single race look alike. Yeah, remember the Seinfeld episode where George got in trouble because he said his one coworker looked like Sugar Ray Leonard. He did. He looked like Sugar Ray Leonard. Like, yeah. What are you gonna do? It's not like oh, th- therefore all black people look like Sugar Ray. No, that guy did. Th- that guy did. What can you do? Love the I 90s know. reference. Yeah, I know. I, I got, I don't know why, but like, I haven't even been watching it lately, but I got all these Seinfeld references coming out now. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll pay attention to those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, it was, um, so my middle child lost her, her, her tooth this week. She's, she's five and a half. She's five and a half. She, her, her sister lost her tooth like around six. So it was a, it was a bit premature. Okay. Um, but you know the thing with, with losing teeth in any family is that you must have the tooth fairy, right? Of course. Okay. So it's the tooth fairy. And every parent, the style of parenting, the golden rule is that everything must be equal. If you, if you have... Of course. You give one kid one thing, you give another. Yeah. So the oldest daughter had already put it out there. You know, I got $2 when the tooth fairy came. She, she put that message out there. Right. Just for experimentation, 
I uh, decided to try to convince my wife to give the five-year-old five bucks. Uh-huh. To see what would happen. Just uh but yeah, she wasn't she wasn't going for it. She didn't want she didn't want the hassle to <laughs> break up a fight. <laughs> she didn't want over the two, drama. Over the extra two bucks or three yeah. bucks. Yeah. Hmm. That's a pretty yeah. good going for a kid that age. Yeah, right? You can get some stuff. You can go to Dollarama. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is that's like one of their favorite stores. That's cool. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well. Congratulations. So is the Tooth Fairy uh, black? I mean, sure. Because I, <laughs> I think all white Tooth Fairy statues should be torn down. <laughs> it's funny, you know, every culture believes in their myths and deities and stuff yeah. as, their, as their own culture, you know? Yeah. So, well, the Tooth Fairy is whatever you want it to be. Their mom's actually Spanish. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. So, Tooth Fairy is a Spanish Latina woman, for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> what, what would that be like? Uh, Fuego de Dente or something? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's there's a whole lot of comedy coming from their culture. They yeah. don't they don't do Santa Claus. They do the Three Kings. All that stuff. Right. It's, it's wild. Right. right. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. I love the uh, I love the Dios de Muertos, the uh, the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Or whatever. That's pretty yeah. cool. What's going on with you? Well, I, I'm getting messages like left and right from comedians who are okay. just, they're begging me, like saying like they're just chomping at the bit, begging me to gig them. And like I honestly I'm hoping to green light it as soon as I can, but like you mentioned uh we were talking and they're like the phase three in the GTA is halted yeah. or something like that. So yeah. there's no we can't do it. So I'm not gonna do it. I don't wanna do it half assed because I mean, no offense to anybody else. They got to do their thing. I do mine. Like you see like a comedian inside a patio door and like three people 10 feet apart. That's not, that's not comedy. Like It's not a good show. That's not going to make for a good show. If they're kicking ass, ass, fair enough. Like good for them. But that's just not, not how I want to do it. I want to do yeah. it right. You know, I want to yeah. do it right. So I'm just, I'm waiting on, uh, waiting on the man, you know, just yeah. to make sure that we can, uh, we can get it going again. But Other in Toronto... Than, Right yeah. now, it's like you have to wear a mask in indoor spaces. There's a new yeah. bylaw, right? Yeah, as of today. Day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, most people, I think, I think that's just sort of, you know, tightening up, you know, the 10% who weren't. I think most people are wearing a mask when they go in. Right. They don't have to like it, you know. Like, I know. Yeah, I just, I just want to, I just want to be able to go on stage and go out of character. Just like. Right. Drop as many, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't. I should have had him here with me, but I've got I've got a Darth Vader mask, uh huh, um, and I've got like a Batman mask and a couple of uh, Harlequin things. So All I'm right. gonna if I have to go to the store today, I'm I'm going full, full like, okay. you know. full on Darth Vader. Yeah, full on Darth Vader. All right, man. The rise of the Sith uh, at Shoppers Drug Mart today. Yeah, tell every child you're their father. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I am your father, Patrick. Uh, yeah, it was, um, so m the baby, I had to take care of all the kids during the, the week. My wife is working. She can't be disturbed. She, she's in the middle of meetings and all this stuff, right? Right. And so the baby goes and she like, she's really aggravating the, the oldest one. And she's also learning to potty train right now. So she took her diaper off. Uh -huh. She's just walking around. She's 
causing causing some disturbances everywhere. So I'm breaking up fights, and then I turn around, and then she just drops a deuce right in the middle of the rug, like it's like a solid deuce, just right there. Got to wow. clean that up, and then her, and then she was happy because she did it. So her older sister lifted her up, just like hugged her, and she's like a really strong kid, but she doesn't have like any perception of pain sure. and she just lifted her spun her and then like dropped her down i don't know if you used to watch old wrestling but like <laughs> my favorite wrestlers were were the four horsemen and, and arn anderson okay cool she just spine bustered the baby <laughs> it's like <laughs> lifted, smacked her down to the floor right. and the baby was just like she's so tough she just like took it and then she got up. No, no tears. So I was happy about that. No tears. But man, that was a pretty awesome move that my uh, my seven year old did. Well, kids are oblivious to that. Like yeah. when I was younger, I had a, a pro wrestling league. I started with my brother and his friends. Okay. And the stuff we were doing like suplexes. Oh yeah. And like pile drivers. You could break a kid's neck doing a pile driver. Oh, easy. You know, Easy. and like the figure four and the camel clutch, like we're, I'm, I'm like a eighties kind of era. Oh yeah. That, I love that stuff. My favorite was like Bret Hart and Ricky Steamboat. Oh, so yeah. we were, and we had a mat outside with like the ropes, but it wasn't elastic ropes. It was actual rope mm -hmm. and we were like whipping each other against. And we yeah. had a mat, but it was a tent tarp. There was nothing under it. So it was mud. So we were like yeah. body slamming each other on but we didn't feel oh, yeah. it. No. No, no me, I just, me and my, my cousins and my brother, yeah, we, we fought, man. Hardcore, yeah. hardcore fights, wrestling. Yeah. Ric Flair slaps across the chest, yeah. bigger fours, yeah. Bret Hart. Toughens you up, you know? It sure does. It sure does. And then, and then in the 90s, then the WWF decides to come out, do not try this at home. Okay. Right. Too late, yeah. buddy. Yeah, after 15 <laughs> years. I lost enough teeth and had enough concussions. Too late. <laughs> I know half of Generation X is paraplegic right now because right of because of this stuff. It's yeah. ridiculous. You get up to that third turnbuckle, like super. Right. Okay. All right. So we're gonna start with our first our first topic of the week. Uh, it's a book review, actually. So I read the Michael Moore "Here Comes Trouble" book. Okay. What do you know about Michael Moore? Michael Moore, he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, I he aggravates me sometimes, but. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, Hence the title. <laughs> right. He's he's petulant, and I think sometimes he takes shortcuts with uh, with with proof and data. But I okay. love him. Like I remember, I remember it was '89 when Roger and Me came out. Right. That was the first documentary that I'd ever seen in my life that actually was not like a, a war documentary or something historical. Right. It was like this is happening now. The head of the head of General Motors is doing this to Flint, Michigan. Yes. The way he would talk to people and stuff, and that woman skinning the rabbit, and it was just such a such a poignant, heartfelt sort of look at a town yeah. devastated by one corporation moving. By one corporation, yeah. And he did he did a lot of wild stuff leading into that documentary itself because he pretended that he was a businessman, and then he went on like a, a cruise ship in the Caribbean somewhere to right. a meeting. Uh, where he basically found out that all the jobs were going to be shifted overseas. Not because they needed to, because at that time, GM had like $4 billion profit right. a year. Yeah. Is literally the push for greed that caused it. 
and the lies and the and the deception you know all that linked to the reagan administration mm -hmm. yeah well he yeah, did something <laughs> sorry go ahead i was just going to say that's the the main problem and the main reason i will never ever vote or support conservative is because they have they're a one trick pony they have one idea that they've been trying since the early 80s and it's never worked that trickle down economy sort of that reaganomics that benefit the rich and then they will trickle down they're literally literally pissing on us it will trickle down to the working classes to make their lives better but it never ever worked they no, don't there's... profit share they don't give people raises they put it in their cayman bank account or they pay off their stockholders so yeah. it's been a scam for four decades and that's still andrew Shear, doug ford anybody else that's still the only thing they can think of to do well let's let's help the rich and they'll help the poor right. never have they never no, have it's literally the the disappearance of the of the middle class right because yeah. I, I think you're you're you said six or seven generation canadian right yeah and I, I grew up in the caribbean you know at that time my grandfather he he raised five kids on one salary right grandmother right. and as each generation came along you could no longer afford to even you know survive all of a sudden now i moved to canada we're lower class like we're poor right <laughs> so right there is like the middle class slowly slowly dissipated yeah. over that time yeah. there is almost no middle class anymore right Basically. because of these sort of financial systems yeah no, it's and the gap between rich and poor no wonder we've got revolutions in our streets you know right the gap between the rich and the poor is growing exponentially and frankly you know like one of the problem that i have with the ultra woke types is that they usually are elitists they're usually you know uh six-figure well-educated white people telling poor white people how to live their lives and that just drives me crazy yeah that's why my politics are all over the place because i'm a normal person okay yeah me too me too yeah so it's uh, i think um so with him he his first film do you know he almost went bankrupt trying to make that happen right i think he I wasn't did. like he wasn't he didn't go to film school no his education was literally every weekend watching somewhere between four and eight movies at yep. the theaters and he just had such a strong memory right so he'd remember all these directors and Everybody who made a film, he can tell you a lot of statistics and a lot of facts about film. So he's a, he's a, a film junkie and he right. sort of like fell into it. Um, but he was so, such a against the grain type guy, even from high school, he was doing like speeches that were at that time ahead of its, ahead of its time. Cause he was talking about like, how come you know, blacks and whites aren't in the same universities or in the same classrooms. There's still there was still segregation going on. So he 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 was really against a lot of society's values from an early age. And and you know when he um put out the nine Fahrenheit nine eleven film against George Bush, man, that got a lot of heat. He got a lot of death threats from that. Yeah, that was uh that was quite the um because he was already in some trouble because if you remember when he did bowling for Columbine, he won the yeah. Oscar. And he, he gets up there at the Oscar, like a la Brando or something. Yeah. 
and he uh, goes something along the lines of, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's weird having to do a movie about a criminal president and stuff like that. But he said people started booing him. Yeah. So this was only like early 2000s. So my how we've changed what we boo and what we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he basically said, yeah, I don't care what you journalists think. I don't care about decorum. And yeah, uh, yeah he kind of, he was a maverick at that moment. Definitely. Definitely. So, but like <clears throat> the guy who was the cameraman at the Oscar who was able to, he heard, he heard um, in his ear, no, when he came off stage after saying the anti-George Bush stuff at the Oscars, he's like, you, you a-hole, I hate you or something like that, right? And then many years later, that guy apologized to him oh. because, because he realized that everything Michael said was true in, the, in that the government was lying to them. Yeah. And that was kind of the full circle thing. But he said something very interesting. It was, um, you know, he, he took a lot of time off after that because of all the death threats and, and like realizing, okay, which is more important, like having my family or, you know, continuing to push the boundaries of, of film. Yeah. And uh, so he took some time and then he saw George Bush go on TV and he's like, we're never going to stop chasing terrorists because terrorists never stop. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to make another movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. He, he was motivated by this, what he would say, terrorist president. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a true activist artist. He's a true activist. He's reached the mainstream doing activism. Yeah. And and he's always been, he's always been professional about it. He's always been polite. He's always been, you know, and uh, I appreciate what he does. I've read a handful of his books. Okay. Um, Yeah. I can't remember the names of them right now. Something about media and something else. But um, so after, so Fahrenheit, 9-11 9-11 and then it was sicko yeah the healthcare movie yeah okay. he did a lot yeah yeah absolutely and his, his style is is not your typical boring documentary he tries to like put the humor in 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 it and just, i don't know he just learned on the go he learned on the fly how to make these movies and i think that is in itself being an original and he's an engaging guy you know, he looks, he yeah. looks like real-life Peter Griffin from Family. Right, Family. yeah, that's true. He's just like, he's got a guy you want to have a beer with. Right. Um, but one last point was, after, after reading the book, I just realized, you know, Trump isn't the first president who did something racist. When he, he mentioned, he went, he, he snuck in as a press uh, member to a trip where Reagan went to Germany. And Reagan and his wife, Nancy, went and visited Nazi graves and laid flowers on some of these graves. Really? And him and his Jewish buddy were able to sneak in a sign and they held it up so that Nancy and uh, Ronald could see as they were driving past something like, you killed my family. Wow. Yeah telling you this guy he was really ahead of his time with the activism wow that's uh yeah absolutely i remember one big fight about when um, the gay marriage idea was still being fought in courts and stuff and he would go to all these um anti-gay rallies in this big bus he had painted pink he called it the sodomobile yeah have like people dancing on on the roof and stuff like that right. i didn't know i didn't know that about reagan but i'm not particularly surprised no 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 so yeah. Awesome. Um, 
shall we move on to my yeah my item okay so my my first one here is uh your first canadian topic my my first canadian topic now uh frequent i think i got this off the uh i think i got this off the ip um frequent flyer patty hajdu now people know who she is she's our federal health minister so she's been rather front and center in uh in the last few months with us dealing so she has joined the growing list of politicians who during the COVID-19 pandemic have said one thing and done another. Do as I say, not as I do. So it turns out that while Hadju was scolding Canadians and advocating fines for anyone not strictly adhering to government edicts um, to contain the pandemic, including avoiding all non-essential travel, she was flying from Ottawa to her home in Thunder Bay and back over four weekends in April and May. Mm-hmm. Now, ordinarily, a regular person would say, well, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do as long as you're safe, but the whole hypocrisy is that they're preaching and demanding and levying fines at us for doing something that they're doing because what, they're special? So, and like former New Zealand Health Minister David Clark recently resigned uh, from his government for doing less. British politicians have been skewered based on their demanding that people do a certain thing. And the cops are actually a little heavier in, in England about this and them doing the opposite. Um, so this looks like yet another example that I was mentioning earlier of the elites telling regular folks how to live their lives and doing the opposite themselves. Or our regular folks like the father who got a thousand dollar fine for taking his kids on a bike ride earlier this spring. Uh, while Justin took his kids to a cottage. (laughs) Are those people being overly dramatic? I'm going to sound like an elitist, but I do think we are being overly dramatic. Okay. It's a 16-hour drive from Thunder Bay to Ottawa. 16 hours, man. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, just maybe, Patty didn't want to miss her home-cooked meals from her mom. You know? She wanted to go back home for some food or something something that she really loves to eat. Okay. And I also think driving is stressful. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting cut off all the time, too many potholes. Now you got to look out for photo radars. It's too stressful. I would definitely be taking a plane all the way to Thunder Bay every single time. Okay. But I don't know. Seriously, are we really holding politicians to unfair higher standards? Is that kind of what you're saying well no well i'm saying that the politicians nobody has a problem with these actually this is kind of a i'll I'll try to be as brief as i can one of the things about this whole thing since march Mm -hmm. is that north american countries were founded on the principle of us telling our government what to do for us not our government telling us what to do so there are those of us who take individual liberty very seriously. Now that's not to say that people want people to get sick and you know, you, you argue with anybody and they go, oh, you want people to die? Yeah, I freaking want people to die. Obviously not. Nobody <laughs> wants to spread this. Everyone is doing what they can when they yeah. go out, but there is just something to my mind and a hand, many, many people that I know just don't like the government telling me what to do and how easily rolled over so much of the people are. Yes, please dominate me, government. So th- what my point is that if they're going to tell us what to do, they have to do it too. You can't just say, okay, you're going to get a fine 
for taking your kids out for a bike ride, but I'm going to take my kids to a cottage and that's okay because I'm prime minister. At least lead, like lead by example. Lead so by example. That's a fair point. That's a fair it's, point. It's the hypocrisy that has always yes. bothered me. Yes. And, and, and being a government official is kind of like being a parent. Right. Did you say? Yeah. yeah. So I, I personally think like the root of the problem is that we don't know who controls the government spending. We've heard all these stories before, the government officials flying first class, paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a, a flight that could just be like 300, 400 bucks. Right. They're stealing money. They're shopping at these questionable establishments. You know, right. there's a bill that comes to the parliament. It's like McDonald's gentlemen's club. What is this? <laughs> He's not getting any burgers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. You need Was someone in charge of the spending. Yeah. A watchdog or something. You know, you know what I would think, you know, I, you know who I would put in charge of the spending if, if I were like in government, I need a single mom in there. <laughs> single moms, man. Yeah. I grew up with a single mom. Single moms yeah. know how to stretch a dollar. Oh, they absolutely. know how to stretch a dollar, man. Yeah. You know, say like Ford wants to go to Ottawa for the weekend mm-hmm. for a meeting or whatever. Right. And he wants to book up in a five-star hotel. Right. Here comes here comes my single mom. She'd be like, um, "Mr. Ford, um, how about you get in touch with my cousin? <laughs> he lives in Ottawa. You can stay in his basement for free. <laughs> We'd save some hundreds of thousands of dollars, man. They need they need somebody to keep them in check. Yeah, we need more on a regular basis. Yeah, we need someone to pour a can of water in the beans. You know. <laughs> We could go a little bit further for those state dinners. Right. Yeah. But the planes are actually all full again. Did you see that this week? Yeah, I've seen a handful of pictures and stuff. Um, Everybody's wearing a mask. They're not serving anything, but they're all full. Yeah. I don't know. What do you you think it was? Did people just give up? They're like, you know what? Screw this. Doesn't matter what we do. It's not working. You know? Rather or if, 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 you, if you are honestly trying your best to avoid it, and if you have to travel, you have to travel. I don't, I don't know what your situation is, right. right? You have somebody in your family, you need to visit whatever, death, whatever. Yep. You need to go, that's your choice. Right. And you're, you're putting your mask on, you got gloves, all that stuff. If you happen to catch COVID, that's, that's a risk that you were willing to take. Right. Yeah, no, I can people are people are taking calculated risks. And I think that should have been the ethic from the beginning instead of the massive panic we had in April and May when people had to miss funerals, when people were not allowed to go see their dying grandparents. No, not allowed. And that's what made people angry is that it just seems as though the I know that this is new and we've never been through this before, but it seemed like the authorities were just making it up as they go along. Yeah. Uh, two more weeks. Two more weeks. Maybe. I don't know. Wear a mask. Yeah. Don't wear a mask. Yep. We're out of, we're out of masks. Be safe. So, yep. yeah, like the, all the swirling contradictory information. Yeah. That's part of what just has people so, so wound up, so frustrated. Perfect. So, anyway. Anyway. What else is, what else <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what, are you, what are you mad about? So now that, now that we're talking about COVID, uh, interestingly enough, some Russian hackers actually targeted Canada's uh, COVID-19 research center. Right. Likely they were trying to steal some information related to finding the cure of the virus. Not the first cyber attack by Russia. 
to any parts of North America, mm-hmm. as you know. In 2017, there were something like 200 journalists were, were attacked and sent intimidating messages from hackers. Mm-hmm. And Russia, of course, denies any involvement in the 2016 election of President 45. So my question then, is cyberbullying a big deal or are we as a society being overly dramatic? Awesome. That's a very good question. It, um, like there, there's actually, I don't think you can be dramatic enough when it comes to, you know, cyber, cyber bullying and, and okay. stuff like that. but yeah, that's, it's getting to the point though where journalists are so lazy they just blame everything on russians anyway (laughs) that's kind of true (laughs) i don't want to do my job i don't want to work i just want to i just want to get the people on twitter so blame the russians Russians. which used to be the conservatives always did that in the mid-20th century oh the reds oh yeah oh yeah a lot of talk about that that's the liberals that say so it, it's just such an easy tool. Like, oh, really? Wait, 80% of people hate politically correct nonsense? Oh, that's the Russians. That's how. Yeah. So if you don't believe in, if you don't believe the exact things I believe, therefore you must be tampered with by Russians. Yeah. You know, Brexit. Oh, the Russians. The Russians got to people. No, maybe they thought for themselves. Right. You know? Maybe they just disagreed with the elites. So, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Like, cyber bullying i guess that's slightly a different issue but like the hacking i don't know if it's russia it probably is because i read somewhere they had something like this a a ministry of mischief or something Mm -hmm. something very very james bond sounding or like a a ministry of of confusion which actually sounds like a cool song or something yeah got the ministry of confusion but yeah like the russians do it that's that's part of their that's part of their arsenal but yeah. the, Chinese, the Chinese do it too. Uh, for some reason, the Canadian government's afraid to criticize. The Never blame the Chinese. Yeah, never, <laughs> never ever, ever. So, yeah, yeah, I was, um, I was, I was just thinking. You know, Russia has been involved in so many different cheating scandals, and it's such a kind of a stereotypical thing to think. But it was confirmed by the Brits and the Americans, so we definitely know the hackers speak English. Yeah, um, and they. They definitely helped Trump. I, I don't think yeah. a, to the extent we'll never know, but I think they definitely helped him. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm kind of like with you. I just don't, how do we know it's the Russians, right? Like, because it, it's all code. Are they like punching in the code angrily or something? Like, I don't know. It's such a, it's a silly thing. But like, how do they figure it out? Yeah, that's, uh, well, they've got dedicated professionals making Yeah. Good money. Or telling us where the where these yeah. computer signals are coming in from. I could never do it myself, but I wonder what it's like to be a professional troll. Like, <laughs> what do you do for a living? Oh, I mess with people. You know. <laughs> like, well, then you would feel like Trump. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm a professional feeling herder. Yeah. Like I just, I make people feel terrible and scared, and that's what I do. And I earn a living doing that, and I sleep yeah. just fine at night. Like it just makes no sense to me. Or maybe, maybe Russia is sending a message to the world, though. Like, why don't we all just create a big Google Doc and work on this together? <laughs> <laughs> we can find a vaccine for COVID together, right. you know? Hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, it turned into a Disney movie. Every, everything's just happy. Everybody's happy with Russia and China and all the goods. 
Yeah. But then, you know, and then somebody gets banned from it and deplatformed because they'll say something, something is scandalous. Trump. You know, Trump's not the worst president in history. Yeah. Get rid of him. So, I don't know. Too many, too many far left watchdogs on all this stuff these days. Yeah. You know, as a comedian, we always see the, the guys who come up and do the, the Russian accent. Right. It's like, stop it, man. <laughs> Todd, okay, Todd, stop. Stop trying to sound like Dimitri, right? this <laughs> And if I if I hear another vodka joke, I'm just gonna Yeah. I'm gonna have to buy one. You know the worst was? I love the guy, but for some reason, um John Malkovich, he was in one of my favorite movies of all time called Rounders. It was Matt right. Damon and Ed Norton as card sharks yeah new york so he played like vlad or or sergey or something yeah sergey the, the heavy the, the bad russian mobster gambler guy yeah and he was his accent was so shite it was like beef this mean he's meanie yeah i'm not going to play me today because I awful me. that's how he, and then they hire him on billions like 10 years later to do the same role well i am the toughest man in new york could you not cast somebody better yeah okay <laughs> I like him though. I don't know why I'm dissing on him. I'm in a, I'm in a fine mood, Patrick. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. It seems like I'm being uh, being really dissy, but overly nice today. I know. Yeah. But you know, in the sports world, Russia doesn't have the cleanest reputation either, eh? No. 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 But yeah. They had they had like a statewide sponsored system right. for cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the like their list of their list of. Olympians who've been disqualified is lengthy. It's a Hall of Fame. Lengthy. Yeah. You know, in Canada, we have like just a few on that list, but like Russia, man. Right. When they go out, because I I was in the sporting world, man, and they're just different, man. They're so serious. Right. So serious, so scientific with how they go. I was at this one competition, there was a female high jumper. And she wasn't even jumping. And she was just like slapping herself. Just like right. across the face. It's like domestic abuse type slaps. Wow. And then she went and jumped like almost a world record. Oh, okay. So the self-flagellation, yeah. it works then. Yeah. So Yeah. But yeah. you wouldn't see anybody else from any other country doing that. No, it's sportsmanship. You know? Yeah. Not- I don't know cheatmanship was yeah. she like was she one of those athletes that was like their trainer would come like stick a syringe like right inside of them? <laughs> i've seen something like that something like, like that ivan drago the trainer just give him a drink right before running the one race it's like what is in that that does not look like gatorade <laughs> you know i think for a, a special we should do one of those 80s training montages you and me sure we'll be sure. like we'll be like lifting bales of hay you know, or like jumping across a stream and stuff, yeah. like chasing chickens and dogs, and they'd be like, you know, I got the fire, yeah, fire, something like that. We need a training montage, I think. Also, you know, we we think we think of Trump as this like real badass, right. man. Putin. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's on another level. <laughs> if uh, he does not give a damn about what anybody thinks. No, he's a supervillain. Yeah. You know, like Khrushchev and, and Brezhnev, they got nothing on. They got you, can't, nothing. you can't even say anything bad about him. All of a sudden, your family goes missing. 
<laughs> you start suddenly you get you get poisoned that slow Dude, that slow nasty like, poison i'd like to get that? my hands on some of it but like yeah you get all like pineapple face and you start to wither away and yeah and that's for what owning a newspaper or something you know yeah like, buying the car outbidding him on a car he wanted yeah so the moral of the story is don't mess with the russian mob don't don't mess with the russian mob um that's I think that's good advice for anybody anyway. <laughs> Other mobs are fine. You can mess with the Italians. Other mobs are totally fine. Yeah, the Jamaicans, like they got no muscle anymore. So it's the Russians. That's where you got to tread light. Oh god. They're great people. They're great people when you get to know them, when you get to know them. Oh, absolutely. Well, of course, yeah. I know I know tons. Yeah. And I don't owe any of them money. There. So Maybe, maybe you can, um, when we're in the, uh, maybe you can edit in that picture. Did you see the picture? No. Oh, Sorry. from, from your, your third topic? Yeah. 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 So I'll I try. Maybe we can stick that in. See, to me, it's fascinating. Now this is, this is a bit, this isn't as controversial or maybe it is. So a joint mission from NASA and the ESA, the European Space Agency, um, has, has yielded photos released today or yesterday at, 77 million kilometers from the sun's surface, the closest pictures yet. So we're in an Icarus moment. We literally have gotten closer to the sun than we ever have before. And if people are seeing those pictures, it's awesome to see. I'm always, I've always been a bit of a sort of like a space buff, sort of um, an astronomy buff. Yes, sorry um, to interrupt, but for those who are viewing the podcast, I'll put a link to the pictures. Okay, cool. We're listening. Awesome. awesome. So yeah, the um, it's called the the, the solar orbiter, it, and it only launched in February, so it must have been going fast. Um, it's like you down the four hundred, but um, <laughs> the photos were taken on May thirtieth, and at the spaceships, um, the word is perihelion, uh, which is the point in its elliptical orbit where it is closest to the sun. So for reference, these photos were taken about halfway between the Earth and the sun. Now I love it. I love this stuff. Um, the images show the corona, uh, oddly enough, uh, <laughs> named enough. Yeah, I got a corona tan, um, the outermost part of the sun's atmosphere. So teeming with thousands of miniature solar flares, it's incredible looking, and the scientists have dubbed them campfires. Anyway, these fires are a million times smaller than the flares we see from Earth, which are eruptions thought uh, caused by the going on within the sun's magnetic field. Um, I got this from the post, by the way. So one theory from the team is that the combined effect of this uh, many campfires contributes to the corona's heat. The corona is much hotter than the actual surface of the sun, and the reason why has been long a mystery among researchers. So we still don't know. So this is a theory. So we're still finding scientific theories. So we are still taking the steps into the unknown as, as the human race. Now, the reason I bring up this subject um, is because people, primarily on the left, um, used to be kind of more on the right too or the folks who view science as like white supremacy or eurocentric endeavors and they often tell us to get out of space and i remember politicians through the 80s on the democrat and liberal side saying you know scrap the space program we got to feed the i think it was jesus that said the poor will always be with us we need to have right. scientific scientific endeavors so basically um people think we have enough trouble on earth that need funding and that space exploration is a waste of resources so with new discoveries being made in in space each year are the people who want to defund nasa being 
We haven't done any. We haven't done any true science topics yet, so yeah. this this is gonna be interesting. Okay, cool. We might have to cut out another segment, but that's all right. I read it as quick as I could, but I could. It's just you know, it is what it it's is. It's good. It's a good topic, and it's it's something okay. that's worthy of the show. I think it's worthy of discussion. Okay. You know, I taught science for the first seven years of my career. Right. Um, the space unit was by far the least interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You start talking about astronomical units and light years, and then you look up yeah. at the classroom and you see five kids are falling asleep in the back. So I hate that stuff too. It's yeah, it's not, it's not the most interesting. But I'm gonna use a strategy that I use in my science class okay. for this for this podcast, and you guys better be excited. I am going to do described audio for the showing of the Apollo 13 movie right now. <laughs> You always, always go back to Apollo 13. There's excitement. There's action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my space unit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When, and here uh, space, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Space used to be fun, right? Like in the 60s. Mm -hmm. This is a race to see who could make it first out there. Yeah. What, what do we know about space? Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the other guy who stayed on the rocket. There was three of them. Right. I'm sure there's some other names that get taught in Russian schools. Oh, right? Because they have their own version of making it first. The cosmonauts. Right. Yeah. right. Space was cool because there was like a 50-50 chance of something going wrong. Yeah. And you had to have the right stuff. John yeah. Lennon and stuff like that. But when I teach space, and this is, it's, I want them to walk away with the idea they have to get, they have to have an understanding of how far things really are. Mm. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of space and a lot of the science is, is about imagination because they, they're paying these scientists to use these telescopes that are floating around in, in space and they take images and the images that they get are literally black and white pictures of little dots. And they expand those images and then they can do some tests to see what type of gases are out there. And then what they do is they put a Snapchat filter on it and they put some colors and make some explosions, but really it's a black and white picture. Sure. Right. To prove that their jobs are useful. Right. And, and NASA itself, what are they doing? They're getting funding to make sure that we don't get hit by a meteor or an asteroid or some other planet. But if, if they're, if they're testing and if they're, if they're, observing space and letting us know if there's going to be any sort of crashes that still won't be for hundreds maybe even thousands of years for right. some of these space debris yeah right yeah and we'll be a burnt out wasteland by then anyway exactly that, that's usually the point that i always make we might not even make it past climate change <laughs> so yeah what is the what is the point of all this study? So I think always handle your business on Earth first before worrying about what's going on in space. We have so many issues that need funding here on Earth. Right. For us to even look at space, you know, I, I think I think it's more like, can we actually get to another planet that like Earth? People are like really uh, optimistic that 
something like that could happen. Maybe there's a black hole somewhere in our galaxy that we can escape to. But it won't be for many lifetimes. You will not make it out of your own solar system. Right. It takes like 80 <laughs> years to make, it, to make it to the furthest planet. That's a long swim. That's know? a long, long time, man. Yeah. So you get, you get a sense of how far things are and how, how small Earth is in a universal scale, on a universal scale. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a depressing picture, but it's also, it humbles you, you know? So I don't think, I don't think a lot of, I don't think all that money that's invested in taking these images for these faraway planets and galaxies, it's good to know, it's good to see, and it's cool to go to the science center and, and you know, look at all these beautiful things in this, in this 3D view of our of our solar system and planets and galaxies so far away but we have so many problems here that need money i don't um, know how high are you right now <laughs> you sound you sound so baked like, oh man you know like cats go yeah that's, that's it man it's <laughs> so big. You can't even. You can't even like handle. I didn't want to say it, but like <laughs> when when you do when you do go to the science center to watch the planets, it's better that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, like you know, chances are Natalie Wood will be there, and so yeah. oh, and it's uh, it's a yeah. good time. So. Are are we doing okay for time, or what are we? Uh... Well, we're heading to we're heading to keeping it real now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually, it's your uh, your improv song is next. All right. Well, I wanted to switch it up a little bit. Okay. Um, usually, I do like a parody political local Canadian song. Yes. But today is July seventeenth, and it's my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, mom! So, yeah, I'm not sure if uh, if you got your maracas with you or not, but the only preamble I would give is that my mother, um, I was raised by a single mother just like yourself and with my aunts and grandparents. So I was uh, indoctrinated or, 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 well, sort of um, infused with Elvis Presley since I was a baby. Like she played Elvis in my crib. I was thoroughly versed in Elvis by the time I was like three years old. At nap time in kindergarten, I used to sing Rockahula to the kids. So, and basically, my mom used to sit down every time there was an Elvis movie on. They were always on in January and in August. And nice. um, I remember the day he died. So she would basically quiz me after and ask me, what was his name? <laughs> uh, you know, what, what was his occupation? So I was like, oh, was it, was it, was it Johnny? Was he a race car driver? <laughs> so basically and i loved elvis movie songs because you're your kid it's not like well this stuff is cool but this stuff's not cool it's all cool when you're a kid right. Right? i loved greece so elvis i loved all the elvis movie songs when i was growing up so just in honor of my mother's uh yeah. 66th birthday today i just oh. wanted to do, uh, i just wanted to do an elvis song for her awesome from a movie so can you hear it okay yeah I 
said, take it easy, baby. I work all day and my feet feel just like lead. You got my shirt tails tied all over the place and the sweat popping out of my head. She said, hey, Bossanova, baby, keep on dancing because it ain't got time to quit. She said, go, Bossanova, baby, keep on working because I'm about to have myself a fit. Bossanova, Bossanova. It's hard to do that sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, little bummer, let's sit down, have a drink, and take the band. She said, drink, 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 a fiddle a dink, I can dance with a drink in my hand. She said, go, Bossanova, baby, keep on working, because I ain't got time to drink. She said, yo, Bossanova, baby, keep on moving, because I ain't got time to think. Bossanova, Bossanova. Like an air solo, like, everything is better with Mexican horns. Like, yeah. <laughs> I said, Come on, baby, it's hot in here, and it's oh so cool outside. And if you let me a dollar, I can buy some gas and we can go for a little ride. She said, Hey, boss, another baby, keep on dancing because I ain't got time for that. She said, Go, boss, another baby, keep on working, or I'll buy myself another cat. Bossa Nova, Bossa Nova. Something like who was, that. Who was the singer there for that? <laughs> it was John Denver. John. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that was awesome. And happy birthday to your mom. It's awesome. All right, so for this week, we got keeping it real. It's we're coming up on elections 2020 for Americans, and we do, we do have a lot of uh, people in the states who check out our podcast. So I just want to find out, like, why is it so hard to vote? You know, all the on social media when they do like polls for Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you, it's just a click of a button, right? You can see these live results. They don't make the voters mail in their responses and then tell you after a month. So stop making it impossible for people to vote. They have to take a day off of work. Some of them have to stand in line five to eight hours just to vote. It's very difficult. Yeah. I think that's what technology is for. Talk to the people in Apple with the facial recognition software. Talk to the telecom companies who can just send text messages to everyone who owns the phone. Voting should be easier, shouldn't it? Absolutely. You're getting less than 50% participation because your methods are not current. And people are rebelling. It's not acceptable to say that's how it needs to be. Heck, there weren't even typewriters when people of color were first allowed to vote. Work with the antivirus companies to avoid getting hacked by whichever country you think hacks. Right. But we already know how President 45 feels about viruses. So good luck. Good. Good one. Yeah. Well, conservatives like Republicans and Tories, they don't want people voting by any other method but, but the ballot box because yeah. older, people, older people don't like technology. So they like going there, right? So conservatives don't want younger people voting because they won't vote for them. Yeah. So younger people will usually vote for more, more liberal politicians. So conservatives don't want to make voting any easier. They want to make it harder. You know? Well, it's time for a change. Indeed. It's time for a change. Good. We got one plug this week. It's for our own uh, Instagram account. So nice. check us out. We have a pretty professional looking account. Um, we put clips from the show there. Lots of uh, fun little posters and images. So at Overly Dramatic Podcast. 
is the Instagram account. So that's our that's our own personal plug. And you can actually even send us uh, some good old messages on there as well. Some feedback awesome. from, from the show. So at Overly Dramatic Podcast. Follow it. Subscribe. Like it. We're trying to build this thing. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. We got like 100 followers, so that's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts, Brent? Um, yeah. Tip your delivery person. <laughs> we are all uh i feel like you're accusing me of that one day <laughs> <laughs> no i'm accusing you of being high uh, i'm sure you're a fine tipper i mean if you're paying five bucks for a tooth um then you know i mean I'm yeah, yeah. A tipper. but yeah your delivery people whoever they're delivering for they're they're usually pulling 12 14 hour shifts being paid minimum wage stressful traffic these companies can pretend to be as woke as they want, but they still treat their employees like crap. So treat your delivery people nice. Nice. Now, my final thought, it's getting hotter, folks. It's getting a lot hotter. Wear sunscreen, whether you're black or white or in between, wear sunscreen, especially for your kids. They do get sunburn and heat stroke. And yes, I'm speaking from experience. That's awesome. So. I like that. Black or white or in between. Make sure you wear sunscreen. Hey. Turn that into a wrap for our next show. Maybe, yes. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed the show, folks. We are growing. It's uh, becoming a, a hit. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next week. This has been overly dramatic. This has been overly dramatic. Na 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 na